0: Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of season two of ICYA Raw. I'm your host, Andrew Stace, and today's episode, we are titling it The John Episode. So the reason why is guest number one is John Vasili, and he'll be speaking to us about knowing the importance of where you came from and your roots and how that's important to him. Number two, our second guest, is John Jansen and he'll be speaking us about the importance of supports and good supports and how those have helped him get through some tough times in his life. And also in between the two Johns, we will have a special piece from Howard Jolly. So start off, John Vasili. Okay, well,
1: I'm John Vasili. I work with the teens on Tuesdays. I also work with preteens, and I do discipleships that mentoring thing on Mondays. We have like a little Bible study with some guys in the community, some young emerging leaders. I think a key point in my testimony um, was like when I first got hired into like a summer staff position here. That's where kind of my journey and my faith kind of took off. Um, because before this, I was just kind of, like, doing a lot of things that maybe weren't super, I don't know, Christ-like or maybe something that I couldn't be proud of. Um, like, coming out of high school, like, I wasn't, like, I always went to church as, as, as a kid. But then when we first moved to Winnipeg, um, like, I kind of fell off of that. Because I didn't really have, like, that figure in my life to to kind of show me, like, a mentor figure to show me what it was like to live the life of a Christian or Or like what my life should look like walking through faith. Um, But then I had got hired here as a summer staff. And I had been taken under the wing of of a few different people. But they no longer work here. Um, And then slowly but surely I started walking down a path that I could be satisfied with. That I didn't really feel super guilty about. Um, But then yeah, eventually I worked my way up. And I started working for preteens, And now I work for teens. And... Like, I'm slash like the teens dropping coordinator. I don't know if necessarily I'm the coordinator, but unofficially I am. Um, and like, a key point for my testimony is um, like in 2019, I just like felt this like this hole in my chest. Like, I don't know what it was. I just like felt like like there was like something missing and I couldn't tell what it was. Like, super empty, if that makes sense. Just like just going about life, if that makes sense. Like, I would come to work, connect with the kids and then go home but then I just like didn't feel satisfied like there was just something missing there and like I spent tons of time praying on it and just like having people praying for me about it because like it felt like there was actually just something significant that I had to do and I didn't know what it was Um, and then later in 2019 my mom was like hey like let's go to Africa like I'm planning on going for the summer like why don't you come with me and I was like okay like maybe that's what it is and So we had ended up going out there and like we had arrived at my uncle's house and there was a bunch of people coming to visit because like my mom had just like landed and she like knows a lot of people out there and like this group of ladies had walked in and it was just so weird because like I couldn't explain it but they had all walked in like a group of ladies I didn't know any of them but then I made like eye contact with this one lady and it, like, ended up being my like, my blood mother. And I could just, like, tell. I don't know why, but, like, we could both just tell. And, like, I was, like, yo, this, like, this lady is my mother? And she, like, ran up to me, and, like, we hugged, and we just, like, started crying and, like, bawling. She was, like, like, you're so grown up now. And I was, like, yeah. Like, we couldn't even communicate properly because she doesn't speak English. And I don't fully speak my, my mother tongue, which is Dinka. But... That was an experience. And I met my younger brothers and some other family for the first time out there in 2019. And now I'm still in contact with my younger brothers. And my mother not so, not so much because she doesn't really speak English. So it's really hard to communicate with her. But. but then after I went back and met with my mom and my family and just like, I don't know, just like immersed myself in culture and like my culture back home, I came back and I just felt like whole like that. That gap had been filled. So, yeah, that felt really nice. I think that it changed so much in my life when I came back. Like, just in the way that I walked through life. And then, like, just coming from that, from, like, a faith standpoint, like, it had brought me a lot closer to God. And bringing me closer to God, just, like, in general, made a big difference. And I had seen a lot of moments that God had kind of like laid out for me, if that makes sense. Like I could tell when this was like something that I I couldn't have done. Like this is something that God had like placed in my life, if that makes sense. He just like guided me through that journey for sure. And when I started connecting with the kids, it felt like a lot more like wholesome, if that makes sense. Like I felt like the connections that were being made were a lot more, a lot more genuine and at a deeper level. Like just that understanding that relationships are important. And getting in touch with, yeah, with your roots and family and just your origins, like, I don't know, just making sure that you have strong connections with people is really important, not just like surface level. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think what I would say is, like, do something that, or live in a way that you can be satisfied with, live in a way that, that won't be filled with tons of regret or guilt. Cause looking back at some of the things that, yeah, that have been in my past or the things that I may have done and relationships that were broken, I would say, hey, like, are you satisfied with ending things this way? Are you satisfied with living this way or doing this or doing that?
3: What's you How are Jolly? You some Hi, my name is Howard Jolly. I'm from Muskaig, Quebec. I am Cree. I'm uh, Executive Director of First Nations Alliance Churches of Canada. And it's just really been devastating. The hearing of the 215 bodies that were discovered on the site of the old... uh, Kamloops Residential School in British Columbia. I went to the residential school as a little boy from about four and a half to about twelve at Horton Hall and Moose Factory. So it's still you know, it's really impacted me the the thought of these children and and how they died and even uh how it impacted their their parents. And just and how it's impacted the communities even today, it just brings back things from from when when I was a child and even grieving, not being able to be with my parents as a little boy you know i I got this shirt, I wanted to wear this shirt when I was talking to you I got this it was given to me when I was in in BC, um, Glenn and his wife Andrea gave me this, and their daughter made it. It's very, very proud to wear it. Very proud of it. You know, the Word of God says, um, "There is nothing that is that is hidden that will not be revealed. That we all must give an account of our lives before Him. You know, who, who, to whom we are due, which is God." I'm going to sing a song here that I wrote. I was actually inspired uh, uh, in BC when I was walking through a place where there was no children. My wife and I were walking through a place where there was no children around. And, and that's the first thing she said, you know, uh, they asked about, you know, what, what you know is different about this, this place. And she says, there's no children. Can't even hear any children playing. And So uh, the song is a, a lament song. It cries out to God and says, "How long, you know? How long, Lord? You know." It's talking about the devastation of things and and how there is in a place of despair, a place of injustice in their lives. And uh, you know, through that they're just crying out to God and saying, you know, you know, why are things like this, you know? why are you letting things be like this in our lives? You know, how long are they going to continue to be like this? So it's just crying out to God and just pouring out our complaint before him. I know there's there's a lot of anger, you know. There's a lot of deep, deep wounds that are there. And somehow we need to, to walk through this and, and find some healing and pray that the Lord will will help us and uh, we look to him, uh, the giver of life and the one who uh, is righteous and just in all his ways, perfectly in all his ways. And uh, we commit ourselves to, to honoring him and honoring the lives of the children that passed to.
2: How long, Lord, how long, mothers crying, children dying. Where she buried her baby boy Crying, son why did you leave me this way You've wounded me so deep How long crying. Their children are dying. How long? I've walked through crowded streets, more children playing. A young girl sells herself in broad daylight. Everybody sees, everybody knows, everybody just passes by. Because we're chasing after dreams, We're chasing after
3: I want to sing another song for you. It was inspired by my daughter. She was going through a real hard thing, you know, and uh, she was crying from deep within. And when she was crying, all I could do was just hold her. You know, I didn't even know what to say to her. I just held her, you know, and I cried with her. I could, I could, you know, feel her crying, you know, from deep within and also too. I was crying too from deep within for her and with her. And after I felt like she was going to be okay after a bit, I just kind of just, you know, just went to doing what I was doing. I was driving. And uh, after that, she wrote me a a letter, you know, it talks about that moment. She says, you know, pieces will be broken, you know, and and life will go on and things will get better, you know, and it'll be healing kind of. And then she says, but we'll never forget who put the pieces together. And I knew she was talking about that moment, you know, where I was helping her. When when she was going through a hard thing, you know, I just kind of thought back to when I was young too. You know, I I was suicidal and I was really broken as a young person. And even at times I I attempted to take my life. And uh, so I didn't want my daughter to have those kind of thoughts. and And I felt like what really helped her was me standing there. The Lord really sees us. You know, he, he loves us. We're, we're precious to him. One of my favorite stories is where, you know, this, this lady uh, named Hagar is in despair, and she, she's, she's in the wilderness, you know, and God comes and meets her, and he tells her to go back to where she was, that the Lord would be with her, and that the Lord, our Lord would bless her son too. And uh, as she's going back, she, she gives a name to that place, she says, uh, she names it, uh, I have seen the one who sees me. And the Lord Lord sees sees all these things, you know, and, and, and he loves us. And when people are hurting, the Lord longs for them to experience his comfort. In fact, Isaiah 40, the Lord cries, comfort my people, you know, comfort my people, says the Lord. And uh, so this song is about the Lord's love for us. We do not have a God. Hebrews tells us, that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So He knows our frame and our precious to Him. And I pray that the God of all comfort would bring bring comfort to you and healing and strength, you know, and that your life would bear fruit for His glory. Thank you for listening to me.
2: All glory to you, my Jesus, for the tears you shed for me. Of the universe Would be moved to cry For one such as I Amazing how I Could bring a tear to your eye Every time I see Tears in my little girl's eyes It fans a pain Deep within my soul When it overflows And she sees tears in my eyes Just like your great love, Lord My tears would soothe her soul Mamechimech Kebelechigech Gauchigawapech Ni Oh, my God! The little one, you me? i Crying, 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 the Almighty, He cries for you, crying. Crying. the Almighty, He cries for me. My <speaking in Hebrew> I'm
3: She will still be put together in the water. She will still beミ listings. She de then tell me the sch acontecern. And now she says, We can do the same Lord we just cry out to you You are the healer Lord We give our lives to you We cry out to you to Bring healing to the land Bring healing to our people. Bring comfort, Lord. We bring our brokenness to you. And we ask that you would come, Lord, as only you can. We commit ourselves to you. We commit all the people of this land to you. We just pray for your will, Lord, for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: I come from a, a maybe probably a cultural context and a family context where um, you don't you don't talk about that stuff. Elders used to say things like "Don't bleed on me," "Don't bleed all over everybody," <laughs> which means like be tough and keep your difficult issues to yourself, which can that can be dangerous, and it has proven dangerous for many in. Many people who've decided to keep it all to themselves and um so because i am usually pretty up and cheery and happy uh people might not know that about me because tend to be happy and cheerful until i blow up because <laughs> i haven't because i haven't said out there like I, I don't i don't do it incrementally i i happy 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 really not happy And that's not a, it was not a healthy way to, to walk through life, but uh, it's how I did it, or how I have done it. It's my like little addiction that I'm trying to, to to get away from, find healing for. Um, My name is John Jansen. I'm the Director of Development at Inner City Youth Alive throughout my life i can get desperately low <laughs> like so depressed that um it's like i it can you get to like the sort of place where you sort of can't move you know and you can't you can't do anything you can't function you can't uh, you just kind of I guess lots of people know this. And then one of the things about when you start talking about this to friends, which has been sort of the salvation of it for me, or the, the way out is is uh, those few precious times when I sort of bre- broached the subject to good friends and then heard time and time again, a lot of people have experienced the kind of levels of depression and low feeling that I have also felt. and because it gets, Because it takes you into dangerous places sometimes, right? Um, and, uh, hearing from others that, oh no, that's not unfamiliar. Um, and somehow, somehow it helps, right? It, it distributes the, the, the sort of the burden. It's something about learning to tell the truth Well, and, and to seek the truth. Like when you're feel and, and learning to live, um, with the mess out front rather than hidden behind you in a closet because i think you know christians can do this well lots of communities can do this a lot where we where we hide our mess in the in the closet and we have really seal tight co- co- closets <laughs> where we all the mess doesn't get out it's there and those closets have like stuff seeping out of the bottom and stuff but we just say, oh, no, everything's really good. I'm really happy. Things are about to turn a corner. Um, you know, I'm blessed or whatever. And what that makes for is a really not real community. And one of the great blessings of working and living in the North End has been often people don't have the resources to maintain seal tight closets (laughs) right they can't keep their stuff in the closet so it spills it onto the street or onto facebook and and uh, some people see that as really repulsive but i've come to see that as way better than the other option it's it's all it's not it's not the best option like i mean peace and harmony and love and close community that's the best option but it's better to get the mess and the and the pain and the fights and the you know the upset, better to have that spill out onto the street because then it must be dealt with, right? You can't, when, when stuff blows up and it's out there for everyone to see, which so often is the case in the North End, well, then you, you have to deal with it. I mean, you can still run away from it. Lots of people do, but there, it's, at least it's, it's identified. It's like, okay, that's a problem that we have to face. And uh, that's been the really the healthy thing about working around here is that you put the mess out there and then you learn to deal with it. And that's way more, that's telling the truth. That's way more truth. You, you put the truth out there and that leads, if you tell the truth to each other and you know how you feel about each other, you get a much stronger community. Instead of a bunch of facades and people hiding with stuff in their closets that they're not going to talk about. You know, so often here, someone will talk about their pain and how they're weak and how they're messed up. And uh, one of the top leaders, who in where I came from, the leaders don't show their their mess, show their pain. But here, one of the leaders will say, "Oh, I totally went through that. I I was so messed up at this point." And that's a more amazing kind of leadership, right? Where I find, okay, they'll they'll uh, people will meet on the level of their pain, and not to stay there, not to wallow. But but when you when you meet on the level of your pain, you identify it and you can move. To a place of healing and not just stay there and if it always just stays in the closet well it just stays in the closet well no it's eventually seeps out of the closet and the mess the mess is going to get you one way or the other so you might as well deal with it and so I yeah I would have had more courage to tell the truth and more courage to to love in kind of a harsher way you know like I think I spent a lot of my life thinking love means niceness and i don't i really don't think love is sometimes gentle and kind and sometimes it'll kick your butt when necessary like a good parent who you know if someone's addicted to something and they're just going down that path and a parent who love a parent who loves them will get pretty not nice in that moment and so love ha- you have to balance gentleness and 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 niceness with um, uh, your will for someone to to flourish to do, you know, a favor for their their life going in a good way. Love uh, does the things necessary to uh, we where we can find the optimal health, where we' find the healthiest path. So um I would have had the courage to seek that maybe, which I didn't. It sure does. Make me quicker to enter into conflict. I'm not nearly as I'm not nearly as nervous about getting into a conflict as I once was. As a matter of fact, I'll maybe um be more willing to start to 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 go down a path that's going to end not end in conflict, but that's going to create conflict because I can see like I think there's a you know for a bunch of my life I thought oh the conflict itself is bad, whereas I. Today I was in a meeting talking about conflict is like rapids, right? And if you can get through the rapids, either sometimes the rapids will will smash your your boat apart, (laughs) or if you can learn to navigate those rapids, sometimes you're gonna be an amazing voyager. You're gonna be like the you're gonna learn how to journey well. You're gonna learn how to you know take that trip and see new things and beautiful things that you couldn't have seen before. But um, you don't get that without going through rapids, and the rapids they can smash your boat too. So um, I'm more willing to go. Okay, here's rapids. Uh, rather than getting our boat out of the water and avoiding it altogether, let's let's go th- let's go through some conflict and see if we can navigate this conflict and get to a healthier place. Because then you have a healthier organization, family. You're healthier as an individual if you if you can learn to go through that that those difficult
0: moments. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode of ICYA Raw, the John episode. And we'd also like to thank Howard Jolly, John Vasily, and John Jansen for sharing their time and their stories today. For ICYA Raw, I'm Andrew Stace, signing off. Today's episode was brought to you by John Vasily, Howard Jolly, and John Jansen, and produced by Andrew Stace.